3: Amazon is offering to help with vaccine
0: distribution. Oh, thank God. I can't wait to get a three-foot box that just has one syringe rattling around inside. Or better yet, send up one of those drones and let it shoot a needle directly into my neck.
4: <laughs> wow.
0: Now, that's, uh, that's a over. funny joke. The scandal on this, and nobody's nailed it down for certain yet, I hope somebody does, is the question was, hey, Amazon, why did you wait until Trump was out of office before you offer to use your massive power to try to help with the vaccine rollout? Amazon heard that criticism, and that's a very good question to ask right off the bat, since the timing is a little weird—two days after a new president, you announce, "Hey, we're willing to help" as the biggest, you know, logistical expert in the world. Um, uh, why didn't you help? So they said we sent a letter to the Trump administration offering help, and they didn't—they uh, didn't take it. The Trump administration
4: says no, they didn't.
0: Wow, so, I don't wow. Know,
4: I don't know which is true. I don't have any eyes. Starbucks, likewise, right? They offered their logistical expertise all of a sudden. right. okay. Um, both famously woke companies run by lefties.
0: Is it hard to imagine waiting until Trump is out of office before you offer your help? No, not at all. A uh, terrible attack in Baghdad yesterday, which is just a reminder that there are things going on in the world that have nothing to do with who's president of the United States, and whoever is president is going to have to deal with these things. 32 people dead, hundreds badly injured, two suicide bombers blowing up a market in Baghdad.
4: It's been a while since this sort of thing has happened, but it happened uh, this week. Fundamentalist Islam rises and falls in, in curves, and uh, you know they have been at kind of a low ebb after Uh, The Trump administration and the brave men and women of the American Armed Forces more or less decimated ISIS. It it felt like it went away. You occasionally hear a Boko Haram this, or school kids uh, captured that in Africa or whatever. But it seemed to have gone away. It has not gone away. Fundamentalist Islam.
0: Uh, And speaking of the military, the voting may have already happened. We might have our new Secretary of Defense, who's going to be uh, General Lloyd Austin, as both the House and the Senate approved a waiver yesterday. Because we have a law that says yeah, you got to be out of the military for at least seven years before you can be Secretary of Defense, but they waived it when Trump named Mattis, and now they're waiving it when they name this guy under the Biden administration. Which makes you think maybe
4: they ought to either decide it's a rule for a good reason or get rid of it. Yeah, that is kind of funny. Two administrations in a row, you got a waiver. Well, then why is the rule there? Well, the rule is there in theory that you you're not just like fresh out of the
0: army. You've got, uh, you know, a a group of military leaders that
4: you have personal connections with, and now you're in charge of the military. Right. The idea is the military should not be a political force unto itself, because that's how you end up with coups and divided governments and the the rest of
0: it. The Secretary of Defense is not in the military. You are a private citizen. And uh, but if you just got out like last year, you know, you still got a lot of connections and you're practically in the military, not to mention the other problem with the whole uh, defense contracts thing. You go straight from the military, retired, went straight to some of your big defense contractors that uh, and then you go right into the Pentagon where you'll make be making decisions on uh, who gets what business for building what for the military. Right, I find all, all that problematic. Nothing wrong with this guy. He, everybody seems to respect this guy. Um, oh, yeah.
4: I, I, no allegation he's a no, bad man. No, but no, no, if, no. if the man who saved the Western world, Dwight D. Eisenhower, warned us about the military-industrial complex, and he could have said military-industrial-government complex, um, then it's it's a fair warning. It reminds me of the unholy... Uh, alliance between the unions and the governments in a lot of America's blue states where you have a uh, union lawyer elected to the legislature and then they sit across from the union lawyer they were working with last week to negotiate a union contract for the public employees, which is why all the blue states have these enormous unfunded pension liabilities that will drag them down.
0: So an opinion writer for the New York Times has been fired from his think tank job after tweeting... If Biden really wanted unity, he'd lynch Mike Pence. Wow. He says he was joking. He may have been,
4: but it's kind of hard to tell in print in a tweet what's a joke and what's not. Anybody who's listened to this show knows I say crazy stuff. I'm also a man who knows his way around a cocktail. And I would never come within 100 miles of tweeting something that idiotic. Unless like it
0: was couched in like really obvious humor. Even then, you would have to. I, mm, I, I, I think yeah. this is dangerous.
4: You know what? Uh, I wouldn't fire him for for you know. You might encourage lynching or something like that. Although it might, we've had enough political violence these days that I'm not willing to rule anything people out. People were I chanting
0: just, "lynch Mike Pence" as they
4: busted into the building where he was. I don't see how that's two related. weeks ago. I don't. I don't follow you. But um, I would just call him in and say, "What's this, this guy's name?"
0: Uh, Wilkinson.
4: Wilkinson, sit down. You're too stupid to be in our think tank. Now get up. Leave. Yeah,
0: that That's it. You're, the think tank's supposed to be full of smart people. Yeah.
4: You don't think is your problem, Wilkinson. What's it's it? a think tank. Do you, do you see the rub here?
0: His name is Will Wilkinson. And <laughs> I, mean, I know you have a rule there. Yeah. Oh, Sean. Yeah.
4: Anybody
5: who's, whose first name is a derivative of their last name is a right. person who cannot be trusted. <laughs> Clearly. Don Donaldson, Will Wilkinson, Sam Samuelson. <laughs> a, you're, you're hiding something.
4: Proof. Word. The lack of
0: logic behind that is what makes it so <laughs> enjoyable.
5: Uh, he did. He did uh,
0: apologize. Of course, last night I made an error in judgment and tweeted this. It was sharp sarcasm, but looked like
5: a call for violence. I enjoyed his tweet from March of 2020, where he said, uh, "Cancel culture, lol." And oh, then, I, life kind of comes
4: at you back. fast sometimes. Mm-hmm. Wilkinson, is this an idiot tank? Uh, no, sir. <laughs> Is this a shooting off your mouth like an eight-year-old tank? Uh, no, sir, it's not.
6: What is this,
4: Wilkinson? It's a, it's, a, it's a think tank, sir. And did you think before you sent that tweet? No, sir. <laughs> so we have a show friend who uh, works at a
0: think tank. It's not Tim Sandifer, because you might guess that that would be him. It's not him. Different person. And I was talking to this person once. I said, it's my dream to work at a think tank. I'd love to do that, but I know I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just not smart enough. And I'm, I'm not trying to be like uh, false modesty or anything like that. I just don't think I'm smart enough to work at a think tank. And this person said, you absolutely are. Um, I've worked at a number of think tanks. It's all about learning the language and the sorts of things you're supposed
4: to say. Oh, I would there kick are ass a at that. lot of people that are not that smart at the think tanks. Is there a, uh, a book or a pamphlet on that? Because that sounds like good work I, to me. I, Sit I, around, crank out some sort of paper now and again. I just thought
0: that was really interesting that it's about learning the language and the sorts of things that you say and
4: are you know, on are the right side jobs? of. <laughs> it, it reminds me of academia in a way. you just you got to learn the ropes. and it, It's not about being a great teacher. It's not about right. communicating to the young people, it's about playing the game.
0: So you remember that Russian opposition leader Navalny who got poisoned and then he showed up in Russia last week, tried to go back to his home country with his wife and kids, immediately was arrested. Well, one of the things that Putin doesn't like about him is that he's trying to tell the truth to the people of Russia about their great leader that he is just uh he's just a dictator.
7: Катирин произношение и ждём что нас отпустят. Oh, I thought that yeah, was edited
5: cool. for a different part. Sorry. That was supposed to be. I'm gonna call my lawyer. <laughs>
0: yeah, we played this clip yesterday of a uh, looks like a high school girl trying to teach other protesters how to sound like an American. So if the Russian, what's the KGB now? The 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 the, the, the yeah, I can whatever remember. it is the FSR right. FSB. Um, if they try to arrest you, you pretend you're an American because they're not going to arrest American. Gonna
7: I'm gonna call my lawyer. Gonna I'm Gun it, i am going to
4: we ought to play the whole thing. It's, it's good. And then we pretty can get interesting. Putin and his, his many hotties and his many love children and his billion-dollar palace.
0: Yeah, do we have the whole thing while we're on the topic there, Sean? This this is uh, somebody trying to avoid getting arrested while protesting to not have a dictator in Russia. I'm
7: American. I'm American. I'm American. I'm American. I'm American. Если вас просит паспорт, скажите, я забыл свой паспорт в отеле I left my passport at the hotel И обязательно смотрите, где у нас артикль The, the hotel The hotel I left my passport at the hotel Если вас пытаются запихнуть в автозак You are violating my human rights Вы нарушаете мои человеческие права Последний пункт, когда уже все плохо I'm gonna call my lawyer телефон и говорит: я сейчас позвоню своему юристу i'm gonna call my lawyer I'm gonna i'm gonna call my lawyer, I'm gonna. I'm gonna, call my lawyer. I'm gonna i'm going to копируем oh, произношение i love
4: her
0: three is, different ways is, i'm going to and i like when she gets the right inflection of the i'm an american i'm an american <laughs> yeah. how dare you <laughs>
4: Wow, her accent is perfect. I'm oh, it's an almost American perfect. college girl. We're the most privileged class on the planet. Yeah, no kidding. She's got guts, too, putting that out. Heck, yeah. She could be recognized. she'd be in a cell next to Navalny. Don't stand she's next a, to she's windows. She's a patriot. Man, when you see an, an actual courageous patriot, often in another country... You realize, oh, oh, yeah, we got it pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, no kidding.
0: So, as soon as Navalny was arrested on Sunday, his team published a trove of documents about a secret palace that Putin has built for himself near the Black Sea resort town of Glenzik. Putin um, will keep on stealing more and more until they bankrupt the entire country, Navalny says in a lengthy YouTube video, which is accompanied with the release of the documents viewed by more than twenty viewed more than twenty one million times so far. Russia sells huge amounts of oil, gas, metals, fertilizer, and timber, but people's incomes keep falling and falling because Putin has, Putin has his palace. Navalny claims the luxurious compound, said to include several movie theaters, a spa, a hookah lounge, and a pole dancing stage, cost more than a billion dollars. Putin has a billion-dollar home. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I, say, I saw pictures of it. It's, it's, uh, it's like a shopping mall.
0: Well, Forbes has been saying for a while if you counted, you know, non-legit money, Putin's probably the richest man on earth, not Bezos or Elon Musk. But well, yeah, Putin. this
4: place makes Buckingham Palace look like my garden shed. We'll, we'll post the link to the article at ArmstrongandGetty.com if it's not already there under hot links. But it, it's astonishing—a
0: billion-dollar home. Holy cow! That's hard to even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's the and the Russian domestic intelligence agency controls 30 square miles around the palace, so that's where he can go. It has restricted airspace, so he's completely safe there and uh, I saw another account where it claims the pole a pole dancing stage because there's more than one in his giant giant bedroom, so that's the kind of lifestyle
4: he's living. Yeah, I'm looking at the the pole dancing suite here, and it looks very, very posh, really nicer than most strip clubs.
0: <laughs> I would imagine in a billion dollar home.
4: Yeah, God, what this a is force. amazing. It looks like a combination of the Palace at Versailles and and Buckingham Palace and and uh, old uh, what's his name uh, uh, William Randolph Hearst's estate. Mm, it's right. just it's a, it was, it's amazing. And again, it's the size of a shopping mall. Wow, um, wow. nice sh- grounds too. I wonder if he I wonder if he mows that himself. I'm guessing no.
0: How did Operation Warp Speed run into the crash landing that was actually getting the vaccine into people's arms? Maybe we'll get into that, among other things. Uh, Biden got pushed on it yesterday and got a
4: little testy. Not that that matters, really. Also, you remember uh, Biden's 17 executive orders people were talking about. One of them single-handedly dismantled girls' sports in America. Oh, I want to Girls' hear that. sports are done. They're I, over.
0: I saw the headline. I want to hear that. That's on the way.
7: Armstrong and Getty show.
8: The fact is, the House will deliver the article of impeachment to the Senate. The Senate will conduct a trial of the impeachment of Donald Trump. It will be a full trial, it will be a fair trial. But make no mistake, there will be a trial, and when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump. Incited the erection, insurrection, <laughs> against the United States.
4: Hanson, you should have warned us.
8: Oh. Michael. Incited the erection, insurrection.
0: Oh, oh. 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 Michelangelo was jumping up and down with glee over that. <laughs> How childish is that? That's childish, Michael. Man stumbled over his words. The fact that it happened to be a sexual reference.
8: Incited the erection, insurrection.
4: I feel like I've heard it.
0: <laughs> wow! Wow! And that's like a big I... moment, you know. You're the you're oh,
4: new yeah. leader of the Senate. You're not exactly, annou- sticking
5: the landing there. The was... Announcing
0: the impeachment of the president will happen because of his erection.
8: Well, an <laughs> <of> the erection. <laughs> well, insurrection. Oh.
4: There will be a trial, and at the end of that trial. By God, the Republicans will vote. Was that f- on whether he <gasps> incited the erection? Oh!
5: was that Dang was that <laughs> Freudian? Was he was he getting a little hot and bothered talking about Uh-oh. who we're going to hold He's his just feet so to the fire excited about it?
8: And- yeah, incited the erection. All right, insurrection. Yeah. I okay. get it. I get it. All right,
0: but so it's going to happen. But McConnell said yesterday, Dan, I don't understand. Does McConnell get to choose? I, mean, I still don't understand this power sharing thing. But anyway, McConnell said it's going to happen in February. So, I don't know if Schumer's saying no, it's not. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. We're talking politics. the law on each end in a few minutes. Wake
4: me when it started. Yeah, no kidding. So, this flew mostly under the radar when Joe Biden unleashed his 17 or so executive orders because we no longer have a Congress and we have essentially a king with far too much power, both parties. Uh, One of the edicts he issued from on high said... Every person should be treated with respect and dignity and should be able to live without fear, no matter who they are or whom they love. Children should be able to learn without worrying about whether they will be denied access to the restroom, the locker room, or school sports. And he goes on, but, ladies and gentlemen, what the Biden administration just announced was that if you are a boy, but you identify as a woman, as a girl, you can play girls' sports and dominate them. Um, this editorial by Ian, Ian Hayworth says on day one, Joe Biden's transgender executive order destroys women's rights, um, and it does to a large extent. It's
0: weird to me that there aren't more women pushing back against this. Yeah, it's that whole intersectionality thing. It's the okay, well, women are a historically a you know a uh, a minority group. I don't know why that's still true since you dominate medical school and law school and this and that. But um, uh, so we're trying to figure out where we rank. Trans, gay, women, this, that. But you'd right. think women would be outraged by this.
4: Again, after decades, if not centuries, of work, in most cases by women to achieve equal opportunity for women across all areas of society, uh, blah, 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 allowing boys to compete with girls despite obvious physical differences. Do I even have to say this no. out loud? No, you don't. Everybody knows this. Except that narrow few that drive progressive politics.
0: Well, there's a couple examples around. Was it Connecticut where they had the the couple of uh, former boys that are girls and just dominated? Well, they're
4: transitioning, yeah.
0: Dominated the track in that state. Broke Broke every every record. record. Yep, Amazing.
4: I know, and people say this is good, this is progress, this is transgender rights. You people are out of your minds. I don't hate anybody. I don't want anybody picked on, anybody to to feel cruelty in their life or anything like that. But the idea that you can have boys compete against girls because they say they're girls is a mental illness. It's weird. We're going to talk to Lonnie Chen
1: about politics a little bit coming up. Armstrong and Getty.
6: HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. This is
2: it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
7: The Armstrong and Getty
0: Show. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about coming up. The anti racist stuff has really taken off even faster than I feared. Um, The conversations about anti racism training in government and schools and everything across the country really back hard and fast since Tuesday.
4: Critical race theory. Know around. it. It is insidious. It is the new racism. It will destroy the country. Uh are we sitting on the breaking news or could we go ahead and say it? Is say there, it. Yeah, oh. the great Hank Aaron has passed. Oh, that breaking the news. The true okay. home run king. Okay. Um has passed. And uh, we'll uh, pay loving tribute to him. Uh sorry. You don't Barry consider Barry Royce Bonds? Bond. No. No, I do not. this tiny testicles and giant head? there's no need to bring his raisins into this i don't think oh my gosh this is a an embarrassing moment for the show from that idiocy to uh one of the smartest people we know lon he chen david and diane steffi fellow in american public policy studies at the Hoover institution and a host of the most excellent podcast crossing lines with lon he chen lon he how are you sir i'm well good morning gentlemen uh we're glad to have you with us so uh the new president famously issuing seventeen edicts from on high one of which you we were just discussing earlier uh executive orders fundamentally changing law in the United States how did we get to the point where we essentially have a king who writes edicts and it changes
3: law yeah i I hate it. I really do. And I by the way, I hate it whether a Republican president does it or a Democratic president. I especially hate it uh, when I see some of the stuff that was signed into into law via executive order by by President Biden uh, a few days ago. I, I think really when it started was presidents felt the need to show that they were doing something. They felt the need to to be spurred to action and they couldn't work with Congress. You know, Congress has been dysfunctional for many, many years and so they thought, well, why don't I just go and do it myself? And so starting at the very end of the George W. Bush administration, through Barack Obama's terms in office, through, uh, of course, Trump's term in office, and now Biden's following this trend, you know, presidents just decide to kind of go rogue and do their own thing. There's actually a really, um, int- there's a really famous Saturday Night Live skit. If you guys haven't seen it, you should look it up, uh, that came during the, Bi- the, the Obama administration when Obama used executive action to create the DACA program, this program for, uh, you know, for the so-called dreamers. And it's the spoof on the old schoolhouse rock video that many of us watch Mm -hmm. as children, where they talk about how a bill becomes a law. But this spoof is basically about executive orders. And the gist of it is, you know, instead of all the processes that you learn about going to the House, going to the Senate, this piece of paper shows up and he says, I basically just happened. And that's essentially what executive action is. And it's really, it's really pernicious because it circumvents what, what the founders intended, what our Constitution intended, which is to have a branch of government, the Congress, that legislates and makes laws, and another branch of government, the executive, that executes those laws. And executive action in many ways circumvents that constitutional design.
0: So you can understand the, um, what pushes you as a president to want to do it. Why has Congress abandoned their duty? Why did they give up that power? And feel free to throw
4: in, where are the courts in all this?
3: Yeah, well, the, the courts step in, you know, because what happens is the president gets sued over a lot of these executive actions, and so the courts have to step in and say, what is and what isn't. You know, the, the presidents are supposed to use executive orders in particular. There's also this other mechanism called presidential memoranda. It's basically the same idea. They're really supposed to take a piece of law that already exists, and if there's some element of of executing it that they want to do differently, that's what executive action is for. So sometimes the courts step in and say, no, president can't do this. Too much authority. This is not constitutional. Uh, the reason why Congress doesn't do anything about it is because Congress is incapable many times because it's so politically deadlocked. There's so much uh, polarization within Congress that it's really hard to get them to do much of anything sometimes. And it's tough because. We have big problems that we need them to deal with, and they just can't come together to do it. I mean, look at how long it took to figure out what we were going to do to solve some of the economic issues around coronavirus and around the shutdowns. And even then, they didn't really solve them. They just kind of came together and spent more money. It's very frustrating to people, but really it's because of Congress's inability to do the people's work that presidents, I think, feel like, okay, well, I'll just step in. And I'll do something that's extra constitutional. I was kind
0: of hoping. I remember when Barack Obama was, you know, using his pen and phone that, uh, you know, various pundits were saying, well, he'll learn that these things can be overturned in the next election and presidents will learn. But I don't think presidents are going to learn any lesson. I mean, you've got a chance to do, to have what you want done immediately. Um, uh, Congress isn't really interested in doing it. And, you know, you got four to eight years. So I don't think presidents are going to learn any lesson about this.
3: No, of course not. And and the courts are slow, right? It doesn't it, sometimes the, the courts will issue some kind of immediate injunction. You may remember uh, during the whole debate over the so-called Muslim ban at the start of the Trump administration, the courts did step in and, and, and grant injunctive relief. So they stepped in the way of that going into place very quickly but for the most part courts are slow it takes time for cases to make their way through the judicial system and so presidents just say well why not you know and until people step up and say until voters step up and say look th- this is not something that we find acceptable yes we like it when presidents go out and they do what they say they're going to do but we don't like it when they do things that, that, frankly, are beyond the scope of the Constitution. That's the only time when, when presidents and when the executive branch is going to start listening and say, OK, well, maybe this isn't the best way to get things done. The other thing I'll say, guys, is that the problem with executive action is it's so easily undone by the next administration. I mean, you're seeing that already. Oh, yeah, right? it's amazing. There, there are things that, that Trump did that on day one, Biden can say, no, we're not going to do it that way anymore. And then there's no durability of policy. So we end up you know, jerking back and forth between these extremes. It's not good for the country, and it's just not good for where we're all headed.
4: Lon He Chen uh, with the Hoover Institution, host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen, is on the line. Uh, that has just uh, sucked every little bit of hope out of me. Monty, I don't know if that was your, <laughs> so your aim. Because as you were talking, I was thinking about, okay, now how do we rectify that? How do we, uh, the, the bipartisan uh, Congress? I mean, for instance, you would think both Republicans and Democrats would resent it when a guy on a day completely guts immigration uh, policy and reform. I mean, he just changes it fundamentally. You'd think Congress would think, hey, that's our jobs. Come on. But uh, I don't know, yeah, they're just
3: too I, busy fundraising and running for reelection again? Yeah, well, I think that's part of it. And and there's a shirts and skins mentality, too. You know, I think when the when the Republicans had Trump in office, they were, they were not as fond of speaking up against executive action, you know, because they probably agreed with it. Sure. And now, you know, a bunch of Democrats won't step up and say, we disagree with what Biden's doing because they, you know, like what he's doing. But all of these members of Congress, every time a president exerts executive action in the way that we saw Obama do it, the way we saw Trump do it, the way we're seeing Biden do it, Every time they do that, they are diminishing the power of the Congress just a little bit more. And they are, they're chipping away at what the Congress should be doing, which is writing laws. And Congress needs to do their job. These guys need to step up. They need to, in some cases, yes, they got to work together. And they've got to come up with solutions that can actually pass Democrats and Republicans together. That's what makes it so hard. But if they don't do it, guess what? Presidents are going to keep doing what they're doing. It's like a, you know, it's like a small child. If you don't tell a small child, no, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. Or no, don't do that. It's not good for you. They're going to keep doing it until they can get you. Know, they keep getting away with it. So that's the problem we have here. Congress is like a bunch of small children.
0: I have noticed that with the child thing. Yes, indeed, with my uh,
3: kids.
4: <laughs> my final question: Any thoughts in general about the upcoming alleged impeachment that uh, everybody hasn't heard a thousand times before?
3: Um, the one thing I keep hearing, by the way, from Republicans and Democrats on this is they just want it over with. I don't know anybody who wants to spend a long time talking about or thinking about this. You know, Donald Trump is the former president now. For those who didn't like him, there will be plenty of ways to, quote, hold him accountable. For those who do like him, they can keep figuring out how to to get his missives and to follow him through whatever media channels he sets up. I just don't think that there's an appetite at this point. You know, we, we, we have big problems as a country. We really do that we've got to get to. And now we're gonna spend whatever two weeks, three weeks whatever it is talking about a former president. I, I just don't think the appetite is there amongst most Americans. No it That's feels so that, that it, people watching, they just want to move on. They it feels
0: on. so irrelevant now and it's just Friday I mean two day, <laughs> two days <laughs> later three days yet? later yeah you know, wait wait till you know a month later and there will be a number of events you know domestically and, and around the globe that have our attention and I just I just can't imagine
4: that anybody's going to be interested in it at that point. And we will move on to those matters, the next conversation we have with Lanhee Chen, I hope. Lanhee of the Hoover Institution and Crossing Lines with Lon Lanhee Chen. Uh, Look it up, subscribe to it. Uh, Lon Lanhee, it's always great to talk. Thank you.
3: Thank you, guys. Have a good weekend.
4: You too.
0: One thing I thought about bringing up with him, just because I heard an interesting podcast conversation about it, um, at the risk of too much politics, because I'm trying to spend less time talking and thinking and reading about it, I don't right. think it's healthy, right? But um, you got a big chunk of the Republican Party that is very, very Trumpy. Trump still has a very high approval rating in the Republican Party. Then you got you know like the Mitt Romney, um, uh, Lynn Cheney wing. I don't know how many of those people there are. And Trump talked about forming a new party, but there's some belief now that there's a bit of a game of chicken of, uh, how about you form a new party? Mitt Romney and Lynn Cheney, you're not happy with the way the the, 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 the Trump version of Republicans? How about hmm. you form a new party? We're this party. And both sides feeling that way. You know, the Mitt Romney-Lynn Cheney crowd thinking, you need, yeah, go form your patriot party around Donald Trump. And the Donald Trump crowd's thinking, how about you go form a new party? Because both parties over the years have gone out of their way to put into place a bunch of rules, laws, whatever they are, to make it very difficult for a third party to ever get a lot of traction. Democrats and Republicans work together on this. It's so a duopoly, clearly. Yeah, yeah, there's great institutional advantage to actually being the Republican party. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of, you know, m- money and, uh, an opportunity for, uh, being on the ballot stuff that's just so much easier. And enormous infrastructure as well. Yeah, enormous infrastructure. Yeah. And so you can see why, why if there are, in numbers, way more Trumpists than there are not. And I think that's it's definitely the case in the House based on the vote last week. As we sit and speak today, yes, that's true. Then the, 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 you can see why they'd say, hey, well, you go form your own party. Go, good luck with that.
4: Yeah, We're we the own Republicans. the Republicans. Yeah,
0: yeah and I, I think that game of chicken is going to be interesting
4: to follow over the next however long. Well, at the risk of uh, lightning striking me, and I'd have it coming, honestly, uh 2022 will be a major milestone in that question who has the reins really mm-hmm. who has the support although uh, there's a tendency in among the uh, the jabbering classes of which we are a part um to make ground grand pronouncements of the way things are going to be going sure. forward when honestly how you know, often does events, that turn out to
0: be wrong one out uh, of three one out, always <laughs>
4: always yeah always it, the fact that the clintons remained on the scene as long as they did semi-relevant or or clinging bitterly to relevance was uh an outlier it's extremely rare these days so what the political landscape looks like in two years four years please nobody knows nobody has any idea
0: uh there's a new movie that you should know about um I can tell you about that i had no one other thing that i was interested in is definitely not hold on oh well
4: we talked about putin's palace but not his love child oh no we He's haven't stable. gotten into that also a lot, of, a lot of guff
0: one of the top video gamers in the world is retiring at age 25 for an interesting reason and that Guy is probably bigger than most sports stars in the world, certainly bigger than most movie actors and singers in the world right now, as a video game player. About uh, all that stuff on the way.
8: Armstrong and Getty. <laughs>
0: No strikes Aaron waiting, the outfield deep and straight away. Fastball
6: is a high drive in the deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the it's gone!
4: What a marvelous moment
0: for
8: baseball. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world a black
0: man is getting a standing ovation in the Deep South for breaking a
5: record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for
2: all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron.
0: Boy, there's an example. Henry Aaron, the great baseball player, died today at age 86. How different is the world now compared to the 70s, where the announcer would even point that out? Because why would I care? A black man breaking
4: a record. In the deep south. Yeah, and getting cheered is notable. Yeah, I had forgotten that Vin had gone that sociological well, on his I, call. I, I hadn't heard I, I, that in years.
0: I did not remember that either. I was watching that game live. I can remember it. I, and because they didn't hit a home run every other at bat, because they weren't all on steroids, he had <laughs> watched several games before he got around to hitting that that's home run. That's
5: about launch angle and swing trajectory. <laughs> and, and
4: roids. And oh, the that's
5: size
0: it. of your giant head and your tiny testicles. Yeah. <laughs> Hank Aaron had normal-sized testicles all and a right. normal-sized head.
4: Oh, that's
6: right. a fact. That this is, a is a your fact. loving tribute?
4: <laughs> that's my loving tribute. Did you wield the orchidometer yourself? We learned once that that's the actual tool used to measure the size of a man's... Uh, you know.
0: and then, why was the audio on that like it was from the 30s? I mean, it was the 70s. <laughs> We'd been to the moon. I mean, it's not... Computers <laughs> I existed. Why I you... don't know.
4: <laughs> it, it was awfully... Uh, it's well, like
0: we were listening 19th. to a Babe Ruth clip. The
4: Hindenburg is ready to let... <laughs> Oh my God! This humanity. <laughs> I mean that I get <laughs> right,
0: um, and it's also hard to remember, One, the fact that you would bring up race in a in a in a in a call like that is really interesting. And well, shoot. I
4: remember there was a fair amount of uh, racist stuff going on so, about they didn't want a black man to ba- break Babe Ruth's record. Yeah, which
0: is just God, you're you're such Slopes. a twistoid. If that oh. ever crosses your mind, it's just so weird. Um uh, And the other part is that baseball was very important back then. I mean, Vin Scully saying, what a moment for the country and the world. There ain't nothing that happens in Major League Baseball that is a moment for the country, certainly not for the world
4: right. nowadays. Right, yeah. Probably worth mentioning that Hank Aaron was a man of enormous grace and dignity as well. And uh, a good human being, by all accounts. And he could wallop the hell out of the ball. So Netflix
0: announced, uh, what, about a week ago that they were going to drop a brand new movie every week this year because movie theaters aren't open so you can go into the weekend knowing, hey, we got a new movie to sit down and watch and this week it's this.
1: Since I was a boy, the desire to be a servant
6: had been hammered into my skull. I want to break free. They had plans. I had plans too.
5: Okay, you're going to have to tell me what this movie is about. So this Boom. movie is called White... Boom! I think it's about... Boom! Uh, it has Freddie Mercury bellowing in the trailer. I'm going to see this movie. Um, uh, no, it's called White Tiger. Um, this uh, It's about a... Uh, actually, I, I pulled up the description. It's about a, a young Indian boy uh, who uses his wits and uh, kind of scheming...
4: To work his way up from poverty, becomes an entrepreneur of sorts or whatever. If I might interject, having heard two long interviews about this movie, uh, it is a, a study of India's caste system and how people grow up thinking they can only be one thing and this one kid thinking, you know, I can't accept that and figuring out. It's really, I mean, movie trailers are always boom, boom I won't
1: do bravely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the,
4: the novel on which it's based includes the line, do I love my masters? Um, uh, does Is the, my love for my masters a curtain in front of my loathing? Or is my loathing of my masters a curtain in front of my loving them? People struggling with, you know, all sorts of deep psychological, I want to break free! Boom! <laughs> But it sounds pretty interesting. I'm yes. going to check this one out. Looks good.
0: So, yeah, we don't we're we're not getting paid by Netflix, so we don't have to play a trailer from every movie they come up every week. But I had just seen a headline that it, critics think this is a big deal. So,
4: yeah, it sounds pretty cool and pretty interesting. And it was uh, notable that Nakedly Progressive Radio was drawing on and on and on about India's caste system and economic inequality and the rest of it, and didn't didn't drop a mention that oh, in the U.S. of A., uh, you can be anything you want. Really, you can, no matter what your college professor tells you. Right. And there's a new Nicolas
0: Cage movie that you said would be funny.
5: Uh, th- these are all just placeholders until early March when the unbearable weight of massive talent starring Nicolas Cage debuts. And uh, a-, a cash-strapped Nicolas Cage agrees to make a paid appearance at a billionaire superfan's birthday party. So, First of all, great casting, Nick Cage playing himself. When things take a wild turn, Nick is forced to become a version of some of his most iconic and beloved characters in order to appease the superfan. That sounds pretty entertaining, That sounds actually. incredible.
0: If I was super rich, hiring Nicolas Cage to come to my birthday party and play some of the roles from his movies. Do oh, Raising Arizona. Sweet. I want you to do Raising Arizona all night long at my party. It'll be awesome.
7: Armstrong and Getty. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.